My story for you today is about two Catholic nuns were travelling in the countryside and they ran out of petrol. And so they wandered down the road to a farmer's house, they knocked on the door and they explained the situation and the farmer said, well, sisters, I've got plenty of petrol. The trouble is finding something I can put the petrol in. So he scrounged around the shed and he came out with an old bedpan. He said, I'm sorry, sisters, this is all I've got. They filled it up with petrol. They took it gingerly back to the car. They're by the side of the car, carefully tipping the petrol into the tank from the bedpan. And a truck, he stops. And he winds down his window and he says, now, sisters, that's what I call faith. Shall we pray? Isaiah chapter 40 verse 8 says, Yes, grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Lord, we thank you that your word does endure forever. Today we read an ancient story, 2,000 years old. But what a story. The story of the birth of our Saviour Jesus Christ. Lord, our theme today is joy. We pray we'll all get a sense of joy as we rediscover the scriptures today. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, when we consider that first Christmas story, what characters come to mind? Uh, First of all, we'll say, well, Mary and Joseph, of course, and uh, the innkeeper, and then there's the kings and King Herod, and then, of course, there's the shepherds. Those shepherds out in the fields minding their flocks when the angel appears to them, tells them about the good news of Jesus, who go and see this child wrapped in cloths, swaddling cloths, lying in the manger. And um, which they do, of course. I'm just wondering whether you've ever thought about the question, why the shepherds? Why did God go to all the trouble of bringing this news to these lowly shepherds? What was special about them? That they received great privilege. And the privilege for us is in the scriptures. The privilege was was there in Luke chapter 2, verse 9 and following. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. The radiance of the Lord surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news. That will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognise him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. So in the Christmas story, only only the privileged few received this angel visitation. The first one was Zechariah. The father of John the Baptist, remember the story? Zechariah was in the temple alone, burning incense to the Lord. And and, um, Gabriel appeared to him and said, you and your wife Elizabeth, although you are elderly and you've had no child, you're going to have a son. And you'll call him John and he will prepare the way for the Lord. And um, Zechariah said, well, you know, my wife and I are older. What's going to be the sign? He sort of doubted. And Gabriel said, well, this can be the sign for you. From now until the baby is born, you shall not be able to speak. You'll be dumb. 
Then, of course, Mary received a visitation from the same angel, Gabriel, who told her that she's going to be privileged to carry the Lord's son. And naturally, Mary's question was, but how can this be? I've never been, been, been with a man. And Gabriel told her, um, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will conceive. And then Mary, she is obedient to God, to, to the angel. And she says the words, I am the Lord's servant. May it be as you said. And what about Joseph? Matthew's Gospel tells us that Joseph had decided to quietly divorce Mary because she was suddenly pregnant. But Matthew's Gospel tells us the angel appeared to Joseph through a dream, a dream and spoke to him and said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. What is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And then we have the shepherds also receive this angel visitation. But the visitation of the angel to the shepherds was much more. It tells us this in verse 13 of what we read today. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom he is pleased. So the shepherds saw this great vision of the heavenly angels, heavenly beings, a vast army, and such a manifestation didn't even happen to Mary. In fact, I scratch my head in the scriptures and think, who else has had such a vision of seeing all the angels of heaven? Well, maybe Stephen. Remember Stephen, when he was stoned, he said, um, I see heaven open and I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And maybe with that he saw the angels. Um, John in uh, the Revelation had visions of angels, but this is rather unique. The shepherds seem to be the only ones in Scripture who saw hundreds, if not thousands, of angels in the heavenly host. What a privilege that is. But wait, there's more. What else was, there, was they privileged to do? Well, they were invited to be the first visitors to see the newborn Jesus. As it tells us in verse 12 and following, and you will recognise him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. goes on to say, And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. So let's get this straight. The shepherds were Jesus' first visitors. The first to witness this earth-shattering event, this miracle of the incarnation, that God had become a human being and was born as, born as one of us. And the first to see him were not kings, not rulers, not the high priests, not even the wise men. No, the first to see him were the shepherds. Brings us back to our question, why the shepherds? What was so special about them? Well, in answering this question, we should reflect upon the fact that there is a long history of biblical shepherds. Going back to Abraham and Lot. Abraham, the father of the Jewish nation, and his brother Lot. Genesis 13.5 tells us, Now Lot, who was moving about with, with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. So it's basically telling us Lot, like Abraham, had flocks and herds and tents. They were shepherds. 
Abraham, Abraham had the one son, Isaac. Isaac had the two sons, Jacob and Esau. Remember how they jostled and this wrestling between them. And Jacob was the one who, who, who received God's blessing. It was Jacob went on to have 12 sons. And these 12 sons became the patriarchs of the 12 tribes. About Jacob, it tells us in Genesis 30, verse 12, when he's talking to his father-in-law Laban, you know how I have worked for you and how your livestock has fared under my care. He was a shepherd. Then there's Moses, the great prophet, who set the Israelites free. We know he received that message from God from the burning bush. What was he doing at the time? Um, Exodus chapter 3 verse 1 tells us, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. He was a shepherd. Then there's David. In 1 Samuel 16 we read the story that God had spoken to the prophet Samuel and said, Go to this man called Jesse and you're going to anoint one of his sons to be the next king to follow Saul. So off he went and first of all Samuel sees Eliab the oldest son, big, stropping man. And Samuel thinks, he must be the one. But remember the famous words of God who said, God does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. And so Samuel rejected six of Jesse's sons. He said, have you got anybody else? Are there any other sons? And Jesse's words were, well, there is still the youngest, David, but he is out tending the sheep. Because David, the great king, was a shepherd. So there's a long history of biblical shepherds. Even Jesus, remember, called himself the good shepherd. John chapter 10 is all about that theme and the essence of which is, um, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And if we want to continue to think about there is a long history of biblical shepherds, well, what about God himself? has a shepherd's heart. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I will lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod, your shepherd's rod and your shepherd's staff. Comfort me. Is that why God chose to reveal so much to these first Christmas shepherds? Because God himself has a shepherd's heart. And there's another reflection which I'd like to make about shepherds on the question, why the shepherds? Consider the Sunday school nativity play. We had one here just a few, few Sundays ago. And maybe you can remember being in Sunday school when you were in the nativity play. Now, the way it would work would be the superintendent of the Sunday school would, would get all the kids together and say, right, we're having the play. And who was chosen to be Mary? A girl around 10, 12, probably the prettiest girl. She was Mary, of course. And the minister's son was chosen to be Joseph. Then there was the innkeeper. A couple of three nice-looking boys were chosen to be the wise men. A couple of pretty girls chosen to be the angels. And then the superintendent would say, and all the rest of you, you can all be shepherds. No matter who you are, if, if, if you haven't been picked yet, you're all going to be shepherds. And that was the great thing about the nativity shepherds, that 
Didn't matter what age you were, whether you were, you were fat or thin, whether you were tall or short, whether you are male or female, you could all, they could all be shepherds. And the great thing about it was that even if you're a latecomer, the kid would come the next Sunday and said, oh, I'd like to be in the play, but it wasn't here, here, here last Sunday. The superintendent would say, that's fine, son. You can be a shepherd. Anyone can be a shepherd. You just need a tea towel on your head and a dressing gown and you're in. You know, maybe we should start a society called the Society of the Nativity Shepherds where anyone was welcome. But that's a bit of a mouthful. Why don't we change it to a a church? What if our church was like that Nativity Shepherds? Didn't matter who you were, whether you're male or female, old or young, the colour of your skin doesn't even matter when you join us. You're in. You are a part of it. The Nativity Shepherds. Is that why God gave so much blessing to the shepherds? Because they were not a very exclusive group? Anyone could probably find work as a shepherd back in biblical days if they so desired it. But let's also just stop for a minute and think about what did the shepherds do? We know they rushed off to see the wondrous sight the angel told them about. And then in uh, Luke 2 verse 17 it tells us, And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. So the shepherds were witnesses to what they had seen and heard. It was good news. A saviour had been born. They shared this good news. They told everyone that they had met Jesus. They were the first evangelists going out to tell people the good news about Jesus. So we, as the Society of the Nativity Shepherds, the church, we are also witnesses to Jesus. And our role is to share the good news that a saviour has been born, a saviour for us all. But what else did the shepherds do? Tells us in verse 20. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. And here we have a link with today's theme, the theme of the third week of Advent, and that is joy. For we get a real sense that these shepherds were filled with awe and they were filled with joy. They were excited and they were joyful that they had had this encounter with Jesus. They were joyful and excited about their encounter with a baby born to be the saviour of the world. So here's a challenge for us this morning. Where are we on the joy scale this Christmas? Where are we on the excitement scale this Christmas? We know that the real meaning of Christmas is the miracle of the incarnation. The incarnation, God has been born as one of us and God is with us. This Christmas, amid all the worries of a sorry world and the worries of new strains of COVID-19, may the Holy Spirit still fill us with the excitement and the joy of the incarnation as Jesus' church can we find the joy of those first shepherds? 
So in conclusion, we come back to the question which has been permeating this whole message. Why the shepherds? In the biblical Christmas story, why were they so privileged? What was so special about them? And maybe we've discovered the answer to that question is nothing. There was nothing special about them. They were just ordinary men, uneducated, unreligious Country bumpkins out there in the countryside doing what shepherds do, watching over their sheep. And maybe that's the point. The ministry of Jesus would not just be for the politicians and the religious leaders, not just for those who had power in society. Oh no. Jesus came as a saviour of the whole world. He came as a saviour of all people. Maybe the shepherds And the special privileges shown to them show us that Jesus is the saviour of everyone, even the lowest of the low. But God's favour to the shepherds also stands as a great illustration of grace. The shepherds were undeserving of such privileges. They weren't anyone special, just ordinary men. Yet God showered blessings upon them. He gave them the privilege of seeing the heavenly hosts. He gave them the privilege of being the first to go and see the newborn Christ child. He gave them the privilege of being the first evangelists that they could go out sharing probably the greatest news the world has ever known. A saviour has been born. God showed them so much favour even though they were nobodies and they were undeserving. Why the shepherds reminds us of God's grace to each of us. For we don't deserve God's favour either. Scriptures tell us why we're still sinners, Christ died for us. As we ask why the shepherds, we could equally, equally ask why me? Why does God love me so much that he gave his only son to die for me? It's a demonstration of God's grace. Perhaps a greater question for us to ask this Christmas is not why the shepherds, but instead to ask, why me? Why did this son of God, born in a manger, come for me? He would grow and he would minister and he would die on the cross for me. We're going to spend a few moments just to contemplate that question. Lord God, why me? Our Heavenly Father, we reflect on the question, why me? Why did you send a saviour to the world? That he would minister amongst us, he would show us how to live, he would give us words of wisdom, but then his ministry would conclude with his death upon a cross to save the world from the sin. And Lord, I can easily stand here and say, oh, he saved the world from sin, but what about if we say, he saved me from sin? Why me? 
Well, Lord, that's just your grace. It's a gift of your grace. We are not undeserving. We are not special in any way. While we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. We thank you, Lord, that Christmas actually leads us to the cross and leads us to your grace. We praise Jesus, our Lord, that Jesus died for you and me. This is our prayer in his name. Amen.